Whitey Gleason, Kyle Draper, coming to you from the Golden One Center, where tonight the Sacramento Kings turn their season around. Right, Kyle? They're going to do that, right? right? I like tonight, the positive. Tonight. Yeah, they got yeah. it. They got to turn it around tonight. Yeah, we got a very special guest, uh, Mark J. Spears, senior NBA writer for ESPN. He just posted a great story today at Anscape about the first competitive game between Keegan and his twin, Chris. And that, of course, is tonight at the Golden One Center. Mark, thank you so much for your time. It's been a long time since we've chatted. Uh, with everything going on in the NBA, what drew you to this story? Mark, Three you there? Four months ahead. Yeah. Right. yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we, we got, got you. you. Sorry we about that. You. Go ahead. No, I said uh, I always think several months ahead on my stories. And, uh, you know, I had actually done some stuff on a man in Osar Thompson already. The, tw- uh, the, uh, the seventh and eighth pairs of twins coming into the league this year, right? And um, so I was like, well, what about the Murrays, man? Uh, I think there certainly should be something done on them. Not as much fanfare on them. I really, really like Keegan as a dude and starting to know Chris a little bit. And I just found their story to be interesting because in a, in a lot of ways, uh, them being separated for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. You know, one coming to the NBA, one staying in school, and um, also getting the sense that they're enjoying the separation. So um, <laughs> just thought it was a, a unique story. And uh they're both really kind of low-key guys, although I think Chris has uh, talked a little bit more than Keegan does. But I just just thought it was a unique story, and hopefully they'll get to guard each other tonight. Yeah. Mark, my guy, what, what did you learn uh, about the Twins when, when talking to uh, them? What, what, what kind of things stood out to you uh, that you learned from them? You know, I, I, I learned their competitive fire, and I'll mm. kind of finish the story up with this, but uh, – you know, apparently when they play one-on-one, it gets pretty heated and got to the point once where the dad had to separate them. Um, so there, there certainly is a lot of competitive fire. And then although they look the exact same and sound the same, you know, they're, they're very much their own person. I mean, I'm sure Chris probably was, you know, a little disappointed he couldn't enter the NBA at the same time as uh, his brother did. But, um, you know, he felt like he – now, there was a big difference in points per game. I think uh, Keegan averaged 22 um, his sophomore year at Iowa, whereas Chris averaged like nine. There's a big difference. And Chris actually considered entering the NBA draft but kept his name in, and then he was the, became the star at Iowa. Um, so, obviously, uh, Keegan's regarded in a much higher level. He's a budding star, needs to, you know, pick it up a little bit, but starter for the Kings, whereas Chris is – only played in two games and try to find his way. So, uh, you know, uh, there, there there is a difference there. I don't know if Chris is able to catch up with him, but he certainly isn't like, sounds like he feels pressured to follow in his brother's footsteps. He's trying to make his own way. Mark J. Spears, nice enough to join us. And Mark, you, of course, wrote about Keegan the summer before his rookie year. In what ways would you say Keegan is a, a good fit for this Kings team and, and was a good fit which is one of the reasons they, they picked it up when they drafted him. You know, the thing about him, he's just like that. He's, he's quiet off the court, but his game is, is quiet too. But then at the end of the game, if he's had a great game, you're like, yo, he had 22. <laughs> he had like he's, he, he has this quiet loudness to him um, in his game. And 
what I hope to see, and I think Kings fans hope to see, is what we saw in summer league: an aggressiveness, uh, a dangerous offensive score, and, and and I do think that Mike would like him to be that as well. He's been a little timid so far, which especially with Fox being out, you you would hope that he would you know take his game up to a higher level. I mean, I'm sure he has the greenest of green lights right now. Um, but I know it's it's just a matter of time for it to hit with him. Um, I, I think he has a chance to be really, really special. And the only thing I have a problem with, with the kid, and you can tell him I said this, is we haven't gone fishing yet. <laughs> he told me he's an avid fisherman. I, I mentioned going fishing with him. And uh, we haven't been able to make that happen yet. So I figured that, Dude, you know, I, I don't think Harrison fishes, even though he's from Iowa. But Keegan and Chris actually are avid fishermen, so I, I hopefully I can get on a, <laughs> a boat with them soon. Yeah, that, 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 hey, that should be a, a good time, obviously. You know, Mark, obviously, uh, the Sacramento Kings fan base, uh, a, a little upset with its team right now, man. They've hit a rough sp- uh, patch, three straight losses, and, and it's not just, yeah. you know, the losing it's the way they lost down there in Houston. What do you make of what's happening right now with the Kings? I'm I'm a little surprised. I mean, look, De'Aaron Fox is a superstar, right? And I thought him being out certainly would have an impact. But they they I feel like they've been competitive and won some games without De'Aaron in the past. Um, you know, somebody has to step up, and, and it's a bonus to me is the main one. He and he and Keegan and, and Harrison should be kicking themselves right now. It's embarrassing. You don't lose to Houston by that many points. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, You're right. Not, 100%, not Houston, right? Like, yeah. like, come on, man. Like, I don't know what's going on, what, what's happening. Like, well, then you got this long list of guards who are fighting for time. Like, look, man, this is your chance to prove to coach that you deserve to be playing more, that you deserve more minutes over the other four guards. And, and they're not embracing this moment. So, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm sure now, like, the value of De'Aaron Fox and the mind of the Kings fans' eyes is getting bigger. But it also scares you because you wonder if something else happens to them, what happens to this team. This is a team that has high expectations. Mike has talked championship with them, not playoff with them. And right now, this looks like the team we saw two years ago. Right, it doesn't look like what we saw in a breakthrough season last year. So no, it's, there's got to be more involved in that. And it's 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 one thing to lose, but it's another right. thing to be drilled. And then when you're 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 getting beat up by a team that you know, I mean, what were they doing? Eating trill burgers out there in, in Houston <laughs> and listening to hanging with Bun B in them, right? Music. Like yeah, like what, what what were they doing out there, man? Like. I don't know. Did they go to a rodeo? I, I'm just really confused by them getting drilled by the Houston Rockets. That, that was very one of the more surprising things that's happened this NBA season. Mark J. Spears, nice enough to join us. I wanted to circle back to something you, you mentioned a few moments ago about the, the Murray brothers, uh, Mark, which is really interesting. As close as the twins are, is it a, a good for them to not be teammates? Is it good for them right now? Or they feel good about as much as they care for each other about not being on the same team right now? Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because both of them are saying, like, you know, we're, we're good with me being here and him being there. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, 
I was like, okay, is there more to that story? I mean, it's um, I think they FaceTime every day and they and they miss each other, but right. I can see it. I mean, think about it. You being face to face with somebody for your entire life, and uh, you know, I think you grow as a person. You get to do new things, and also um, probably make new friends because. I remember just in junior college, my first three years of my college basketball career, I was playing with my first cousin. So I kind of felt like we always had to hang out all the time, right, and be next to each other all the time. And and I kind of like when the one year I played at the University of D.C., uh, my coach uh, made me room with one of the bigs. Now, my cousin not making grades helped in that matter, I guess, because I couldn't room with somebody I wasn't playing. <laughs> you calling him out. You putting him on blast, Mark. Yeah, I called him out, right? But... <laughs> can't room with somebody that ain't eligible. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah. you just, you know, it, it's good for their growth. And the interesting thing, too, was didn't work out for the Kings. And and you guys remember before the draft, there was so much like, what if they draft him? What if both brothers are here? Had the Blazers not selected him, Kings had the next pick. I wonder if they would have, you know, thought about taking them or they, I mean, they had to. I was actually a little surprised that he didn't work out in Sacramento. Um, but maybe it's, uh, it, it just seems like, for them, it's it's good that they they got some breathing room. But I know their parents are going to be there tonight. I'm sure you guys will figure out a way to put them on TV. And from talking to both of them, they they expect their parents to be pretty emotional watching them play. And hopefully, Chris gets in and they figure out figure out a way to get them two to guard each other. It's going to look like that Spider-Man meme when they're like pointing at each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I said earlier, Chauncey, you, you got to play. Chris Murray tonight. You're down like three or four guys. You're banged up. Like, now's the time he has to get in this game tonight. Mark, I, I know you uh, have covered Mike Brown for a while. You know him well. Uh, the rough patch that the Kings are going through. One thing I know about Coach Brown, he believes in the work. If you put in the work, things right. will change. Uh, speak to that, if you will, and just his competitive desire and, and desire to fix things when things are going a little yeah. sideways. Well, one thing I know about him, he's, he's kind of like a, a military professional. You know, he, not kind of, he is. He he wasn't in the military, but he grew up in a, was born on a base as a military background. And he's really, really meticulous about preparation and right, getting things right. And so I'm sure if there's somebody that in this the hardest, it's got to be Mike. He certainly takes a lot of pride in, way he coaches and the way his team is playing and uh to not be competitive to, to get blown out like which is probably something i don't know that you really saw last season that, that's got to be alarming to him so knowing him i'm sure he's been spending some late nights at the golden one center spending some late nights at his house watching film you know maybe he needs to get on his harley and 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 do some thinking driving his Harley rounds. He said he hasn't driven his Harley much lately, but uh, I know it, it like pains him and he's uh, in this situation. So I'm, I'm sure he's uh, really squeezing himself and, and it's early, man. The NBA's in waves. In a month, you'll forget about this, but I'm sure it, uh, 
they probably feel some pressure tonight. Like, you can't lose to Portland at home. Right. I think that's the problem. They've been feeling too much pressure. As it is, it's one of the reasons they've yeah. been struggling. Hopefully tonight they can just, you know, as Steve Kerr likes to say, you know, have, have, have some fun, play with some joy. Uh, Mark Spears, our guest, if you haven't already, if you're a Kings fan, you got to check out his story on the Murray Twins at Anscape. And, Mark, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Hope to talk to you again soon. All right. And, hey, has Kyle figured out your town yet? You know, he, he, nah, he got man. all the <laughs> Here's the, here's the funny thing about Mark Spears. Here, here's the funny thing about Mark Spears. He used to work in Louisville. Uh-huh. I worked in Louisville. Uh-huh. He used to work in Boston. I worked in Boston. He's from <laughs> Oakland. He's a Bay Area guy. I'm right down the street. I, I'm trying to get rid of this dude everywhere I go. He's there. Man, it's killing me. That means I was here first. Why are you following me Yeah, around? that's true. That's, <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I tell you what, I would love to have your career. This dude has done so many great things. Hey, and congratulations. You were inducted into the San Jose State Hall of Fame. Is that correct? Athletic Hall of Fame? Well, I, I was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought I That's a little they, bigger deal. No, that's Kyle. a dog. But didn't they retire your jersey? They they did something for you oh, recently. No. Well, they say they had nothing to do with athletics. All right, all right, all right. I, my bad, I man. That. Wait, wait, no. I mean, I got the Hearst Award for journalism excellence, which uh, I know Dr. Fauci has gotten an award too. So that that's oh. a lot. Yeah. See, I'm just trying to give you your props, big bro. You know that. Uh, hey, I, I'm trying. I know about the hey, Naismith hey. Hall of Fame. Come on, big fella. I knew that. Hey, both of those wars had nothing to do with my basketball skills. That tells you a lot about what kind of player I was in college. Right, right. <laughs> I appreciate you. Hey, you you in town for this tonight or not? Well, I wasn't able to make it. Oh, man, we got to get you up here again. Got to get you up here soon. Yeah. Tell Scoot to play it. I'd have been there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> on Scoot. I, I, I just wanted to listen to you on TV, brother. That's what it was. Oh, all right, all right. Make sure you watch tonight, man. I know you got that league pass. <laughs> Thank yes, you, Mark. Sir. Yeah. All right, take it. Yeah. Oh, the one and only Mark Spears, wouldn't we? Oh, my God. He's going to hit me up like, Drake, what you doing, man? What you doing? Uh, you know what? I, I, I thought that. I saw something on uh, social media. like You were just trying to be nice. No, exactly. Yeah. I thought he posted something like a month ago uh, at his alma mater, but maybe I missed out on uh -huh. it. I missed that. Uh, who are the kings? Will we get the answer tonight? <laughs> we're right back with that and more from the Golden One Center Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. It's Drive Guys coming to you from the Golden One Center. By the way, your Sacramento State Hornets are home this Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff against the Cal Poly Mustangs. Get your tickets at hornetsports.com. I know yesterday uh, Jay was helping you find some places to eat, some local places, yes. Kyle, and it looks like uh, maybe you checked out a place or two. Dude, I I'm ready to take a nap, man. I, I hit up <laughs> Dub Plate Kitchen, got me some jerk chicken, just chow down on it during the commercial break. I, I'm ready to take a nap, man. Uh, great Jamaican food, man. The jerk chicken is bomb. It was fire. Shout out to my guy, Jay, obviously. He gave me like 20 restaurants yeah. to try. So Every I'm going to just check them off the, the studio, list. He was giving you yeah. a bunch more. I'm going to just check them off the list, take them down one by one. And, uh, you know, I'm a foodie, man. You know, I might have to uh, create an IG account, something like that, put it on social media. But, no, the dub plate was good today. It was do you good. have a, a, a pregame ritual like players do? I mean, what you eat, obviously doing the show, um, maybe you've had to change, incorporate that into your, your, your game. Last season, the Sacramento. 
But do you have a, a yes, game day routine? I, I actually do. Yeah. Believe it or not, I do. And, you know, it, it varies home and on the road, obviously. But I don't like to eat before games. And so you know how they have media dining? Mm -hmm. uh, I won't eat it. And so that's why. So I just ate lunch, you know, about half an hour ago or so. I won't eat again until after the game. Okay. And so I'll be starving during the game. <laughs> and then that's why I eat so bad afterwards. But I don't like to have a, a, a full belly when I broadcast, actually. And so I'll have my tea and everything like that. But oh, that'll be for it. your voice, right? Yes, yeah. tea, tea is for the voice. And let me tell you, on the road, I'll, I'll take you uh, behind the scenes on the road here. You know, usually the team has practice, let's say, from 10 to 12. And then they have uh, food available for the team, brunch from like 12 to 1.30. So I'll have that, and then I'll go for a walk. And then I'll come home and shower at the hotel and shower and get ready. So I'll do like an hour walk after eating just to get my mind right, just to feel, you know what, let me unplug from everything, take a deep breath, get some fresh air, go for this walk. And then once I get back to the hotel, it's game time. What are you doing your prep? I know you're doing a lot so of I prep. So I do it in the morning. I do it in the morning. Early. Yeah. Gotcha. And I do it at shoot-around. So I'll go to the uh, shoot-around with the team. And while they're working out, I'm sitting – you know, right there courtside on my computer, you know, doing prep. And uh -huh. you do prep the night before. Sure, too. Yeah. sure. Yep. Uh, in all your prep, have you been able to gather when we may see De'Aaron Fox return to the lineup? No, I, I haven't. And, you know, I, I'm a little surprised, you know, that it's taking this long. Initially, I thought it would be a couple of weeks, but then we heard De'Aaron Fox last week say, oh, yeah, I just knew it would be a few days or a week. To me. Yeah, he, the way he sounded, it was like, oh, yeah, I'll be back any day now. And so now here we are, you know, a week later from when we heard from De'Aaron Fox, and he's still not there. you got a big one coming up uh, uh, Friday against Oklahoma City. Uh, he is progressing. I do know that. I did not go to shoot around today. Uh, they didn't have practice yesterday. And so it, I want to hear what Mike Brown has to say uh, pregame about De'Aaron's status. Yeah, I think the reason he said um, close, two two reasons I can think of. One is, you know, you never want the opposition to know. You know, they, you want them right. to prepare for you. And then two, in his mind, he probably is telling himself, I'm ready. I'm going to be back any day. You know, that's probably what he's yeah. telling himself. So um, and maybe that's not totally realistic, but we're getting there. I don't know. I'm like you. When we heard he had a moderate sprain, you know, the human body is a human body, whether you're Deer and Fox or, or, or not. Unless you're so, Aaron Rodgers. Unless you're Aaron even, Rodgers. Yeah, even he had to back <laughs> off. I guess he told somebody on the field Monday, that's one of the Chargers, yeah. when he backed it oh, a few weeks, and the microphones picked that up, and he's had to say, yeah, it's – it's going to be longer than that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but, you, uh, you can't rush these things, right? They heal yeah, when they heal kind of thing. You yeah, know? and there's no doubt that the Kings don't want him back until he's fully healthy because otherwise then you're just creating more problems. Though. Right, I exactly. And so, you know, but that's what's so frustrating about the losses to Houston. If you lose to – if you get the wins down in Houston, you're not feeling like, right. oh, man, we need De'Aaron Fox back, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so – Hopefully, you know, Fox is not being impacted by what happened uh, in Houston because when he does come back, the last thing you want is for him to re-aggravate it. And so, you know, obviously not tonight. I'd be surprised if Friday. I'm looking more towards Monday, uh, fi final home game at Cle uh, against Cleveland, and that'll be two-plus weeks. Uh, off that leg, off that ankle, and so uh, we'll, we'll see, man. Now, not to put you on the spot. I know uh -oh. you may not be aware of this, but how does that work if a player and a team or the coach, they're not all on the same page? 
who decides whether the guy's playing or not. Obviously, a coach doesn't have to play a guy. The medical right. staff may say, he, we don't recommend that he play. But I mean, who? But the player says, I'm good to go. Who ultimately is making that, that decision? Uh, it's the medical staff. Well, it's the medical staff and the player. The coach really doesn't have much say in it. It's not like the old days, like, you know, no, you're getting out there yeah, or you're yeah. playing. No, it's, it's not. You know, the coach usually just takes the advice from the medical staff and the player, and usually they work in conjunction. Now, we've seen some times around the NBA, I think of Jason Tatum, for example, where the medical staff will say, you know what, you need to sit out this game. He'll say, no, I want to play, and he overrules them. So ultimately it comes down to the player, but the medical staff has a big say in it as well. Yeah, so hopefully if that's something that's going on, at least right now, the medical staff and the organization are able to impress upon De'Aaron Fox the importance of not playing until he's ready to go. Right, exactly, yeah. and, and his teammate got to pick him up. That's That's why you have teammates, right? When, when one guy's yes. down, it's like, yes. that's, that's why you're a team. If It's not golf. It's not tennis. You know, you're not going, You're not supposed to just because, oh, this one guy's down, you're not supposed to win. And so that's why these guys need to step up for De'Aaron Fox tonight. Who are the Kings? Will we get the answer to that question tonight? I think we'll get part of the answer, and I, I agree with you. I think we both feel like ultimately the Kings right now, no matter what Mike Brown envisions for them right now, their truest self as a team is their an offense-first team, and that's what they've got to get back to tonight. Yeah, and we talked about it in our first segment. You know, it needs to be fun, free-flowing basketball. That's the one thing we could always say last season about this Kings team. They looked like they were having fun out there. They were fun to they watch were, yeah, as a result. They were fun to watch. Guys were smiling. You know, what we saw the last two games was the total opposite of that. And so, sure, Mike Brown, you want to, you know, be able to lock everybody down and have the best defense in the league and everything like that. But you don't want to sacrifice the enjoyment that the players had last season and at times this season. You don't want, you know, at times, I know it's a job and they get paid great money, but last season it didn't feel like work a lot of times for them. Like it felt like they were happy to come to the arena. What we saw in Houston Look like a team that was like, oh, man, I got to go to work today. And, and you could just sense that on the court. And so I want to see how they respond tonight. You know, do they get back to that free-flowing offense? Yeah, tonight is an opportunity. Nobody having anything to do with the Kings wanted them to play the way they did in Houston, but they did. Here they are. Yep. Tonight you've got an opportunity to show that that wasn't us and we have the resilience to bounce back from that. And I feel in my heart and my bones, they will do that tonight, <laughs> but they need to. Yeah, if and they do, you yeah. need to give the pregame speech Let's tonight. Let's go. You're, yeah. you're fired up. You you want to see it from this team. This is an team. opportunity, guys. Right. Come on. Right. Yeah. Come on, fellas. Yeah. In front of your home crowd against, you know, a, a Portland team that's banged up. No excuses tonight. Like, this has to be the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the banged up and bewildered Portland yeah. Trailblazers need to climb on Domas's back and go for a ride <laughs> tonight. A ride to victory. Uh Right up the purple beam all the way to the top there. Uh, coming up next, a look at the one thing the Kings actually have done very well this Ooh, year. Okay. There aren't a lot of things. There's one thing. You look at the numbers. There's one number that jumps off the page. One thing the Kings have done very, very well, and it's very encouraging. We have that for you next year. From the Golden One Center, Draper, Gleason, Sacktown Sports. 
that she says. It was yeah. after a displeasing road <laughs> trip. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I had it, a few words. Was. I, yes. I thought that would be eloquent. <laughs> that said it all. <laughs> yeah. uh, she, she has a way of putting things that makes you feel, okay, it's not that bad. We're all it's right. Just okay. It's just displeasing. It's just unfavorable. How was uh, BravoCon? Hopefully it was not displeasing. Incredible. I recommend Everyone, go try it out next year. It was incredible. Sensational. <laughs> Delectable. Saw, uh, one of my friends is down there, and oh. she posted some pictures, and it, it's a thing, huh? It's a thing. I had no idea until you it brought it up the other day. It was a huge, huge, big deal. I had the time of my life, did quite simply. Did you see simply. Andy Cohen down there? I did, of course. Oh, I was a big Cohen. deal down there. I had a, a costume. It was, it was a... It was a thing. You had a costume? Yes. I was the only Where person. Where are the pictures at? I Where thought are the pictures? I will I will post the pictures online. I definitely <laughs> thought it was a convention so people were going to be wearing costumes. I was the only one in costume. Wow. <laughs> what, what what kind of costume is it's hard Bravo to explain. Con, it's hard like, to explain. There's a lot a of inside jokes. Like no, that, there were some people doing that, but it's it's hard to explain. Did I'll, people I'll have react to tell you. like, "Oh, that's great! You wore a costume, or was it?" Yeah, like, oh, no, people were yelling at me all day. Oh, they understood good. the joke, so I was yelling back at people all day. I was essentially a bowl of pasta, which is a a nod <laughs> to Vanderpump Rules, of course, and okay. yeah, oh, okay. it's a whole thing. Well played. Oh, <laughs> well played. I missed you guys. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we take care of this displeasing uh, road trip tonight. By the way, your Sacramento State Hornets home this Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff against the Cal Poly Mustangs. Get your tickets at hornetsports.com. You got a couple of NBA notes for us? Yes, Mr. some Draper. big news. Uh, Shams and Woj, uh, uh, a couple of different uh, reports coming out. Let's start with uh, what Woj reported about what's going on with the Denver Nuggets. You know, Jamal Murray, he hurt his hamstring, and according to Woj, uh, He'll likely be sidelined for the remainder of the month because of his right hamstring strain. As we know, uh, Denver, you know, the top team in the Western Conference, they got a tough game tonight. Who do they play tonight? They they play some. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Play the war- uh, Do they play the Warriors? Warriors. Yeah. Is it the Warriors? Yeah, they got a big game. And, and what's interesting about this uh, Jamal Murray hamstring, the Kings host the Denver Nuggets December 2nd. Uh, and so, you know, that's less than a month. So Murray might be out for that game. Woj is saying that he'll be out three to four weeks with that hamstring strain. Yeah, it's uh, Warriors and the Warriors Nuggets. Warriors Nuggets, yeah, yeah, big, big yeah. matchup uh, tonight. So that's one. And, and then Shams also reporting uh, about Brad Beal, who we've yet to see in a uh, Phoenix Suns uh, uniform. Shams is saying that Bradley Beal will make his debut tonight against the Chicago ah. Bulls, still without Devin Booker. Uh, who may come back on the upcoming homestand. But uh, we might see Brad Beal tonight. Friday when you were in Houston and Jerry Reynolds was in for you, we had Eddie Johnson on. Eddie, of course, is the Suns broadcast. Oh, yeah, Eddie, yeah, We yeah. asked him about that, and he said the thing is, and, you know, Eddie, of course, is old school, played yeah. in the NBA in the 80s. He says, players now, they don't get the work done in camp. And what happens is you don't play in preseason games, you don't work in camp, and then the season starts and you got a sore back. Right, right. So I don't know, but, that, I mean, if Eddie Johnson says something, if he I'm, said, I'm, right, I'm with him. And, yeah. So he's going to be like, no, Eddie, yeah. Yeah. That, but you uh, know, Bradley Beal hasn't played yet. Uh, why Why do you think that is? Is it because the shortened camp time, is that what he's saying? Or, you know, no two-a-days anymore like yeah, there used just, to be? Yeah, he says that you, you should be getting in shape in camp, and instead it seems like, 
Um, there are players that they're more concerned about getting their rest for later in the season. You know, uh, you don't want to wear down, right, but you have right. to get into shape. And uh, anyway, I guess that's good. I'm not a big Suns guy, but I guess that's uh, good for the league that Bradley Beal's. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, the, you know, that was one of the big offseason moves, and we want to see whether it's going to work or not. Uh-huh. What's it look like? I know you are much more optimistic about it than I am. But I think so. It's going to be fun. I, I'm a no big Bradley Beal fan. You know, he was uh, languishing. You like that word? Languishing mm-hmm. in Washington. You know, that, that's where careers go. Yeah, it was God, his his know? time there was displeasing. Just very displeasing, yes, very displeasing. <laughs> and so uh, now he gets to play on, you know, a, a Western Conference contender. The bright lights will be on him. We'll see how he responds. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, I'm grabbing a straws here, but there's one thing here: is we uh, look for glimmers of hope for the Kings, and obviously they win tonight. Things are looking a lot better. But there's one thing the Kings have done very well. We touched on this a couple days ago. The Kings are second in the league in turnover percentage. Yes. They're only turning the ball over 11.2 times per game, considering, and they haven't played with a lot of pace. They're trying to, but to try to play at pace and to take care of the ball like that, that's a really good sign going forward. Uh, that, that's a great sign because, you know, uh, you're not giving away possessions yeah. uh, that way. And so, you know, that's one thing we can hang our hat on. You know, I'll, I'll take it a step farther. Harrison Barnes, uh, if I'm correct, he has uh, four turnovers. No, it's four fouls. Excuse me, four oh. fouls. The entire season so far. I'm not sure I like. I, that. I, know, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I said that. I'm like, hold on, dude. Uh, four turnovers. I'm definitely down right, with. Right. <laughs> no, you're right. But he only has four fouls. But to your turnover uh, point. With no De'Aaron Fox and you're playing with a backup point guard, that's kind of a, a shocking stat. It is. Uh, it out is. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you get everything else in order here starting tonight. Uh, that uh, that bodes well for the short term and the long term this year. They just got to play a lot better tonight. Look, let, let's let's call it as it is here. We have Mark J. Spears on. He said, yeah. you can't lose to Houston like that, <laughs> right? He said, you just can't do that two nights in a row. It can't happen. It, it can't happen, and, and, and it's the same thing. You can't lose to Portland tonight. You know, uh, respect Chauncey Billups. You know, they got some young talent over there, but you can't lose to Houston and, I mean, and Portland. And, and the thing about the Kings, we can talk about the defense and physicality and all that. But really what's been so disappointing is the offense uh, so far this season. Like The one this, thing that we thought we could count right, on. Right, the one thing we thought we could count on this season. And so right now the Kings 20th in the NBA in offensive efficiency. And, you know, a far cry from what they were uh, last year. They're only averaging 110.5 points. They averaged better than 118, I think it was, last season. And so, you know, we could talk about the defense all we want, Mike Brown, and we can talk about the team being physical. Yes, that needs to happen, but they need to get back to, to playing some Kings offense. Manny Too Legit, the YouTube chat, asks, Whitey and Drapes, who do you think will step up for today's game? We'll give that energy to boost Ooh. everyone up for hopefully a win tonight. Who's going to do question. it? I'm going with my guy Keegan Murray. Brother here, mom and dad going to be up in the building. Younger sister probably be here as well. I think Keegan gets it going. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, uh, because is it on Keegan or on the coach? Like, for instance, when Kevin Herter was struggling earlier in the season, we saw Mike Brown call plays. It looked like right from the jump for Kevin Herter. 
coming off that high dribble handoff with Sabonis. Do we see Mike Brown try to get Keegan going very early on in this game? Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I like that. I'm going with Malik Monk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure he's not happy. He didn't get to play much in the last game. And to me, he's a guy that has the the fiery, you know, the fiery demeanor to really help get his teammates going. I think Sabonis has to play well, but, you know, he's not quite that type of guy typically. Uh, neither is Keegan, but I think Malik Monk, when he comes in tonight, I think he's going to bring that off the bench and, and energize the team. And, and, and what I would do if I'm Mike Brown, I might bring my, uh, Malik Monk in early. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not waiting until the six-minute mark or right. something like that. You know, eight minutes, nine minutes, like, uh, you know, because uh, Malik, to me, the more he plays, I think the better he'll get. Like, especially with no De'Aaron Fox, 26 minutes ain't going to get it done. Nope. Like, we need to see Malik 32, 33 minutes Mm -hmm. out there. Let him get into some sort of flow. That didn't happen the other night, obviously, because of the foul trouble. But I would like to see uh, Malik Monk get some extended minutes tonight. Tonight, the Kings need to bring a controlled fury Ooh. after the, what they, we've seen the last two games. I think Malik Monk is more capable than anybody else who's going to play tonight on the Kings who can bring that element, an infusion off the bench of controlled fury. Let, That's what I'm looking for. Let, let me ask you this, though, because I want to see that, too, from Malik Monk. But... We're not worried about him, right? No. Right? Uh, no. Just asking, yeah. Like, you know, I'm worried about Kevin Herter. I'm worried about Keegan. And so to your point about Malik, yes, I would love to see that because he kind of is a litmus test, a barometer for this team. When he's flowing, we saw it in the Lakers game, this King is tough, uh, team is tough to beat. But I also, you know, Kevin Herter got to get it going. He started a little bit the other night. Keegan Murray got to get it going. You know, really – DeMontis Sabonis yep. has to get like, No question about like that. It's almost everybody, no right? Everybody yeah. has to have a bounce back game. I see Malik as a guy who can bring the energy that is a foundation for right. everyone else right. starting to do what they're starting to no, do. No, you're 100% right. Like, right. Yeah. He's the guy. You can see him flying around. I could, I could picture it right now. Smiling, flying around, hitting big shots, talking trash. No, I can see it. I don't think he'll start, but again, I think they may have to start thinking about that at some point. But, yeah, uh, control Fury <laughs> off the bench for now. We'll go with that. Up next, does the commissioner's plan to save the NBA All-Star game have any chance of succeeding? And have you heard what the commissioner says is the reason why the All-Star game is not as competitive? No. You got. You going to tell, tell me that? Uh, right. Yeah, you won't believe. Uh, he says, oh, yeah, we figured it out. See what you think when we return here to the Gold One Center to drive guys on Sackdown Sports. Can I say something nice about the Portland Trailblazers, the Kings bonus tonight? Yeah, please do. Please do. It's hard to know for certain because we're not up there, but I think the Blazers have done a pretty good job of trading the face of the franchise and still ending up in a spot where there's there's reasonable hope and optimism for their franchise. You know, some teams, Mm. even with the Warriors, when Durant left, I mean, there was a smoldering crater right. that it took them a couple of years to fill, and then they, they did win another championship. You lose a guy of that caliber, and there aren't many, and Dame has just been synonymous with Portland Trailblazers basketball. It was an awkward situation, but I think, you know, they got Scoot. They got some good players, yes. ultimately, in exchange for him. I think they did a and pretty good job. And they got some picks, too. Yeah. They got some picks coming up. And, you know, uh, you, you talk about the Warriors situation, um, you know, with Kevin Durant leaving uh, the way he did, it's like 
Uh, how do you capitalize? That's why it's better to trade a star than risk it going to free losing him for nothing, especially in today's. And if you remember, too, because you, you and I are, you know, we, we're NBA fans. Mm-hmm. Remember back in the day, you used to trade a superstar. You could never really get real value back, right. like uh, anything right. close to it. Right. Nowadays, I think it's different. Look at Brooklyn and the way they traded Kevin Durant. Getting Mikael Bridges, getting Cam Johnson some picks. Like, now you can get value for these superstars, yeah. which you couldn't get before. I agree, and I think former King Danny Ainge had a lot to do with that, getting, what, four number ones for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, we can go back to the Kevin Garnett, uh, Paul Pierce trade in which he traded those two guys to Brooklyn and, and, and got the, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the picks that swapped and ultimately uh, landed Jason Tatum yep. uh, for and Jalen Brown. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, that you know, Danny did a great job with that. On the chat here from Mojo916, Prediction, Colby Jones comes in and scores 20-plus points, exclamation mark. <laughs> Dude, what? if Colby scores 20, the Kings are scoring 140, yeah. and they're winning by at least 30. <laughs> and so bring it on. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Tonight. By the way, Mojo, a little skeptical. I don't know why, but earlier Great. you shared your story about um, your pregame routine, yeah. and Mojo said <laughs> on the chat, he said, Really, a one-hour walk, and I—I <laughs> I took it to mean he's—he's he's not convinced that you're actually doing walking for an hour. No, it, or maybe he needs to get off his mom's basement couch and get out there and do some exercise, big fella, because your boy is out there working hard. I'm doing the walks. I'm doing the Peloton every morning. I got yeah. my biking going. The biker, come on, man. Here it is. He says an hour walk. An hour walk? Really? What else am <laughs> I going to do on the road? Would you want me to play hopscotch on the road? Come on, man. I'm out there getting the calisthenics in, the exercise in. Yeah. I'm just telling you what he said. I don't, <laughs> you know I believe you yeah <laughs> no yeah. you know why though because i walk to fedex every city i go to because i print out my materials oh. uh at fedex and so i walk to fedex in every city i go to well, and that's, that's my i got my earphones in you know my uh-huh. airpods and so that's my ritual you ask me my ritual this is that guy were nice enough to this share is my ritual you know you, you were nice enough to share it and, <laughs> and i'm getting ripped for taking it. shots at you <laughs> that doesn't seem right uh, yeah man, yeah man. Pike 916, I'm glad the All-Star game is going back to East versus West. Yeah, I guess I am, but I don't know that it matters. I don't know if it, yeah. if it matters. You know, I, I, There needs to be some sort of, first of all, guys just need to play harder. That would be the true answer. But second of all, if the league is looking to do something, maybe you incentivize home court advantage uh, like MLB tried with their All-Star game. I was the know? only person in the world who liked that. You like that idea. With huh? baseball, and nobody else. Nobody uh, else like. Yeah. But maybe you do that in the NBA, and I, then I, guys yeah. will try. I'm mentioning this because the commissioner came out Monday and said he will take responsibility for the lack of intensity apparent in recent All-Star games. And the commissioner says, here's why the All-Star games are, are not competitive. He says Chris Paul talked to him, and Chris Paul said, um, you guys tell us how important the All-Star game is, but then you change all our pregame protocols so that we don't go through our typical routines, speak routines, <laughs> as we would before the game because you have these elaborate introductions. No complaint about the introductions. We understand why you do it, but then you expect us to go out and be in the mindset that we're playing a typical basketball <laughs> game. That's garbage. No, no, but you know what, though? I, I, I will <laughs> defend CP3. The All-Star game is about everything but the actual game when players get there. Like, the practices aren't real practices. 
uh, the warm-ups. Not real, like they're doing so many other things, and it's not necessarily the league's fault. Part of it is because the league is asking them to make all these appearances. But these players also are their own corporations, so their agents have parties, meetings, and things like that. Like the game is the last thing on these guys' mind. I just think all-star games are obsolete now. All all, all like, around. In the all NFL, around. you don't even have the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah, that's Baseballs all. Baseballs yeah. is, uh, I think, because of the nature of the game. You know, you can still have an all-star game. But it's just, and I'm not saying, oh, it was better in the old days. I understand it. Basketball players understand. Wow, we have a lot of stake. We make a lot of money. This game doesn't count. I don't want right. to get hurt. So yeah. there's really no way around that. It's just that's the reality now um, that we're in. Right, but, the, you know, the only a problem I have with the player's stance about this and, and not wanting to get hurt and the game doesn't mean we see guys in pickup runs around the country in the offseason going hard at each other. Rico Hines has one on the UCLA campus every August. Videos are posted. These guys, the Drew League, like guys are going harder in those than an actual yeah. all-star game. Good point. But isn't that because guys are trying to get into game shape? They're trying to yeah, run yeah, there. yeah, yeah, that's part of it. Uh, but, you know, it's it like as a player – how do you turn it off? Like, where's the competitive fire? Like, once did you start sweating and get going? Like, what happened is this past All-Star game was a joke. Jason Tatum being allowed yes. to just, yes. you know, it, it was just like, come on, that's no fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my son was into it a little bit, but I was like, man, this is bad. Yeah, you know? it's not basketball anymore. Right. I don't think it has been for a long time. That's just the way it is. I'm not saying, oh, again. I'm not, you know, get off my lawn. It was better than the old days. I'm saying <laughs> what, you just have to enjoy it for what it is. But uh, the commissioner here is saying that Chris Paul also said halftime is too long. So he said, oh, <laughs> the halftime is going to be shorter. Like, <laughs> like that's going to make the game like, more like, competitive. Yeah. It's like very that's funny. Gonna, they're, they're doing everything but actually fixing it. Like, all yeah. these solutions, all these things they're talking about, <laughs> none of it is helping – all right, how do we fix it? Right, right. Uh, how do we fix the Kings and Domas Sabonis? Only Sabonis can stop the Sabonis slander. That's what we have for you when we come back to the Golden One Center where the Kings are taking on the Trailblazers. Tonight is the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports.